Hello and welcome along to the podcast. How are you? Ed Draper here with you once again, sports broadcaster in the day, keen podcaster by night or morning, wherever it may be if I'm working a late shift. But I hope you're well. Thank you for joining the podcast. Strange times upon us once again in the UK, at least, if you're here. Not perhaps um, atypically with a respiratory illness like COVID-19 that it's reared its head once again in the depths of, of our winter and certainly as we approach this week with the shortest day coming up so we're getting to be dark maybe today actually Monday around 4 p.m light around 8 39 a.m so it's not not big window and health seems to suffer in the time so hopefully this podcast with Ross Mitchell will help coming up but thank you for hitting on on the button appreciate you being here and I hope you are well at this time and your life's not in too much logistical chaos because of the uh, resurgence of the pandemic. Anyway, thank you uh, also to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Fantastic store in the courtyard in Montpellier in Cheltenham, here in the west of England, not far from where I live, uh, manned by Jason Briggs and his fine team. But of course, through Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham website, you can source whatever equipment you're looking for, get a number to speak to Jason and a consultation his team. And through Serene AV as well, always stress they will source you equipment above and beyond the, the wonderful high-caliber stock of Bain Olufsen, whatever suits your vision, your budget, and um, just whatever's available as well to match that. So worth speaking to them and uh, good people. Thank you also to Cytoplan, prevalent at the moment if you're looking to optimize your immunity, but they're a food-based supplement company in the west of England, stocking up on my Immune Complete 2, which has, as well as the regular vitamins, trace elements like selenium and zinc, which my father, Dr. Mark Draper, who's a nutritionist and a general practitioner, doctor here in the UK, is very much a big advocate for. Particularly in the context of selenium, the relative levels in the soil in the UK are low comparatively to, say, North America, parts of Canada, the USA, if you're listening from there. So it's worth checking where you are and what, what, what supplement matches your requirements based on your individual requirements and also your geography of, of what the food you're consuming contains as well. But if you would like to, like to optimize your immunity, if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, the discount code is DRAPER10R. So it's my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. I've been taking the supplements for about 20 years. It's very difficult without a comparative case study, is it? A placebo group, family to work out the, the effect of it, but it does seem to minimize coughs, colds, and other issues throughout the throughout the year. My wife um, takes some of the iron supplementation as well, although that is in a lot of the multivitamins as well. And there's a kid's immunovite that our daughter, who's seven, takes. That's A-I-M-M-U-N-O-V-Y-T-E. Uh, but again, it's not to, to sort of recommend anything specifically, but if you are looking to optimize your immunity, if you've been recommended a supplement, particularly maybe vitamin D3 over the winter, seems to be a key one because you don't get much, we don't get any, do we? Here in the UK anyway, from the, the, the light, that sort of pale light that somehow breaks through. It's like Twilight, that film, isn't it? The uh, the, the Dracula one, not the Dracula one, the uh, vampires and werewolves. It's a bit like that in the UK in terms of the, the seemingly kind of perpetual darkness of winter not as bad as scandinavia people would say as what well. i've been to been to northern sweden etc nonetheless i'll crack on but if you do want to get to size bank get that code um yeah hopefully the supplement works for you get in touch let me know how it, how it goes 
So this is a podcast really trying to be proactive, preemptive around health heading into 2022. A lot of doom and gloom, a lot of depressing deja vu around the, the resurgence of COVID-19 in the UK. Lots of debates for vaccination versus this or that. Not much conversation about things that we can control beyond taking uh, medication, vaccines or, or prophylactics, whatever it may be in terms of dealing with, with things like COVID-19, other respiratory issues, flu and general health in terms of our health chances in life, cardiovascular risk, type 2 diabetes, all the things that we can do to to try and control and, and just play the odds game of, of being healthier as long as possible and, and live as well as possible, which is kind of my attitude to fitness and health is what can make me feel good, be mobile, be healthy as long as, as possible. So good to speak to Ross Mitchell on this, t- this note again. Ross was a lecturer, teacher, instructor on a fitness course that I did last year. He's been in the fitness and health industry for a couple of decades, coaches, personal trainers. He's also taken courses in counselling, so he understands the psychology of, of humans and why perhaps habit change is difficult. But here we talk about some fundamentals, just moving more, walking, uh, maybe a little bit of resistance stuff, nothing too dramatic, which ultimately I think often people feel compelled to do something extreme in the January of each year. And often as well, maybe personal trainers and fitness professionals feel they're trying to make a big impact on someone's life when actually it's those little things, that holistic attitude to it that can be powerful. And this was a powerful conversation. Had a few technical glitches with Ross going in and out, but hopefully uh, you enjoy this. The one and only Ross Mitchell. Ross Mitchell, welcome back to the podcast. We've uh, we seem to have made it through after last week's debacle with my uh, broadband connection not working at all. Now we can't get the cameras working, but I believe we are recording audio. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you? I'm not too bad, Ed. You know, plodding along uh, through life, keeping training consistent where it can be, and generally trying to sort of spread a a positive message, shall we say, or a pragmatic message around sort of training, fitness, mindset, and those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, there is there is that kind of deja, that sort of depressing deja vu at the moment with the context in the UK. This will go out next week uh, from probably Monday, the 20th of, of December. So it'd be maybe a few days on from where we are now, but it's that kind of familiar deja vu around lockdowns looming or restrictions looming and things like that. Um, and that's, I mean, that's something that's, I, I don't know, it's saddened me a little bit is there seems to have been a, a missed opportunity to a certain extent, Ross. Is that what you feel as someone that's been in this, this industry of health and fitness, your, your life, your, well, most of your adult life, I guess? Well, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting one because unfortunately people, as the old sort of saying, people don't value what they've got until it's gone. And that's very much the case with health, um, especially in the UK. We've always been very lucky with the NHS and sort of our healthcare system, if anything goes wrong, they can just go and get it fixed. And people, because of that, will tend to leave things a lot longer than perhaps they ought to. And they might not take into account any preventative sort of measures. Um, there's an old saying, um, was it, uh, an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. And it's very, very true because you can do a lot to keep your body reasonably healthy and moving forwards. But when it comes to training and fitness, people will and you ever see it in extremes. They're like, well, if I'm going to train, I've got to do it 29 times a week and I've got to eat <laughs> a stick of celery and that's it. And you're like, no, calm down. So there's there's a scale to this. It's like you can train like once, twice a week and maintain decent health. That's then with the caveat of potentially doing some daily walking, eating relatively well in regards to nutrient-dense foods and various things like that, getting enough sleep. 
that's just not our modern culture. These days we have a badge of honour of, right, the person who's the most fatigued, working the most hours, suffering the most stress and basically grinding themselves to dust is like, oh, yeah, they're the ones you want to sort of aspire to. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense. No, no, I was, I was listening. It's funny you mentioned walking, actually. I was listening to a podcast driving home from a late shift last night. And I did I did try and get my sleep in, so I feel feel good about that. But it was an Italian doctor. He works in California and Italy, and he's called Dr. Volta Longo. And he and he was talking about how, how walking for an hour a day is almost one of the pillars of centenarians, people that live a long a long life. And then also, you, said, you know, he, he did recommend 120 to 150 minutes moderate cardio with, with 15 minutes of it's sort of stressful stuff but that's it's interesting you mentioned that isn't it because that extreme culture i think it's almost um intensified through social media and things like that of, of people who by and large the majority of people are sedentary and then the others that that do chase after it go go hard and and, and perhaps a, a little bit too strong because he he actually referenced the fact that if you had a car you know you you wouldn't want to keep that car in the in the garage locked up all the time but at the same time you wouldn't want to do a hundred thousand miles a year in it yeah that's the that's the sort of point with it, isn't it? And it's funny to talk about cars. I remember speaking to um, a chap, a very intelligent chap called Leslie, and he always references sort of the the cars that you, like the family cars, that you just run and run and run. You look after them, you maintain them. You do long travel in them. Sometimes you put your foot down, but most of the time it's, you just plodding along with them. Mm. Then you have Ferraris that need a lot of maintenance, but yet they don't last very long. And it's like, what sort of life do you want? One that, you know, just goes along, is fairly healthy, like the, the family car, it gets there and does what it needs to do. Or do you want the sports performance car? In which case there will come a cost to that. And I think that's where people potentially may have their perspective skewed is they assume that if you're going to do anything, it has to be done to like a, a higher a professional level. Mm. And that also then gives them at least in my experience, an excuse to not do well is they'll go for a few weeks, but oh, I just can't do it, can't dedicate the time to training. So they set themselves up for failure in a sense, mm. rather than thinking, well, okay, let's just move forwards yeah. in any way, shape or form. It's a case of they're not thinking of longevity and consistency. They want the quick result and then to be able to go, oh, I can't sustain it. So I'll, I'll put it on the back burner now and then they just give up. Well, but that's the pattern that we've fallen into. Is that a fault in planning? Because we're going through that stage. I mean, I know it's an arbitrary time, but ultimately people do use this break between Christmas and New Year as a, a chance to, to sort of refocus. A lot of people make exercise goals every year. How much is it a failing of planning in the sense of, of making it realistic to their lives? I suppose for them and, and, and obviously you coach personal trainers is maybe personal trainers again being more nuanced in the in the approach to an, an individual's life and those commitments that are sort of non um non-negotiables like kids or jobs whatever, whatever they may be i suppose you could say planning but also priorities as well not everyone has a priority of health and fitness in a classic sense because when people talk about fitness they will often associate that with the gym going out for a run like um, essentially classic or archaic fitness dogma, if you will. It's like, well, no, fitness can be anything. I mean, this, if you're somebody who just generally likes doing sports, in the summer, you might paddleboard and go on trail hikes and all those things. In the winter, you may then look at doing something that you can do indoors, like indoor climbing. Mm. Or you might go, might do indoor swimming, or, or you might do open water swing in the winter. I know a few people that do that. Fitness doesn't have to be purely based around the gym and what people essentially see as a bit 
dull because I think that's where one of the perceptions is a bit wrong because then it's not priority for them. They don't prioritize going to the gym. Yeah. Which is fair enough. But then again, at the same time, they may not also prioritize their health because this is where we then have to look at the social group and our peer group that we are with. Because let's be honest, if you are somewhere in the middle of your peer group, you'd be like, well, I'm not at the top. I'm not at the bottom. I'm kind of okay here with this familiarity, this mediocrity. And that's where a lot of people want to stay because they all look at themselves and go, oh, I'm not that bad. Sure. I hear that a lot. Oh, I'm not that bad. It's like, you're an average, it's, of the, it's cool. average of the five people you know best. Is that all? Yeah, focused? essentially that kind of thing. And people can essentially have whatever level of fitness they choose. It's just accepting then that that level of fitness, there will be a potential trade-off for that. So you can live however you choose. Yeah, if you choose to say smoke 50 a day for 60 years, mm. you've got to be prepared of what comes from that. You don't then turn around and go, oh, I didn't know this was going to happen. Sure. So no, you made a choice at the time because the long-term potential for pain didn't outweigh the short-term gratification. And that's where if we look at the, um, the current sort of situation with the pandemic and stuff, it initially it sparked a lot of people into, oh my God, this is absolutely terrible. I need to think about my health mm. because the threat seemed immediate. And that's a very much a human thing. We will not really deal with anything if there is no immediate threat, essentially. So if you give somebody 30 days to wash their car, They'll wash it on day 30. If you say do it in three hours, they'll do it in three hours. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so funny. You yeah, yeah, no, I do. And it's funny you mentioned the, the pandemic. And I'm, you know, first of all, I'm double vaccinated, so I'm not an, an anti-vaxxer by any sense. But it's interesting that Chris Whitty, in a press conference mm. that was yesterday, actually said, you know, double vaccinated, triple vaccinated people will end up in hospital with this virus. And I think what he didn't say was why and the underlying health conditions yeah. possibly caused that. And as you say, nearly two years in, I was listening to mm. another epidemiologist talking about how COVID-19 in, in particular attacks um, fat cells. I think it's through the cytokines or something. I'm not, again, I'm not going to try and replicate the uh, intricacies of the cellular science, but he was pointing that. And that hasn't been stressed enough. But there, there has been time to, 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 to counteract that trend of, of overweightness and obesity in, in the culture with a, with a powerful catalyst like COVID-19 to, to that action. Mm. If, do you, because my sense, I don't know, if you looked at the data, have people increased in, in the sort of overweight trend? Has that, has that gone up? Um, from the people in the sort of medical profession I've spoken to, they say that there's more ill health that's going around now and that the average body mass of a person has gone up and all those things. And it is a tricky situation because there's lots of illness linked to obesity or more specifically sort of too much visceral fat, too much excess body fat, because this is where it becomes tricky because there's, there's a sort of sensitivity we have to take around people of when we start to put the pressure on of, okay, you need to be this way, this here, this there, this there, and somebody can't do it for whatever reason, mm. then there's like, oh, sod it, sod it, I'll just, doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's a very tricky sort of subject to go around. I mean, yes, my personal bias is that everyone ought to be active and doing various things. So it's like, okay, let's just put some, it's like, can you put arbitrary markers on stuff? Again, being somebody in fitness, I'll look and go, right, let's just say, can you do five chin-ups? Mm. If you can do five chin-ups, like full range of motion, like chin over the bar or ideally clavicle to the bar, something like that, mm. you're probably doing all right. Right. You'll have fairly decent strength to weight ratio and you may not be overly sort of heavy in return regards to the body fat you're carrying. 
Yeah. And then somebody will say, oh, but what if somebody's got one arm or they have this crippling disease? So this is the this is the problem with it is everyone will always have an excuse as to why they are in the place they're in. It's like, okay, that might be valid. And yet, do you want to be in this place? Mm. How does being in this place make you feel? How yeah. would you feel if you were in a better place? And that's where it needs to come into it. I mean, yes, I'm not going to lie and say, I'm sort of accepting the idea of, well, obesity is it's not a problem. No, it is totally a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a massive problem. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's the fact of how we address it. That's the sort of thing with it. It's like, how we do it, how we, are we addressing it? Is it the sort of social stigma that goes with it? Is it the, um, the sort of societal trends that are there that's keeping people where they are with it? Is it potentially their socioeconomic status, meaning they can only afford really low quality foods in abundance to sort of put it on the table and those are all the factors we do have to look into with it and it's that case of then what's the priority to people is their priority being what's quote unquote a healthy weight or is their priority elite level performance and fitness or is their priority simply just getting through life Mm. And that's where it gets really tricky, especially with the with the pandemic, as you sort of mentioned, because, yes, people have become more ill, more sedentary and all the rest of it, because at the start there was a massive health kick because it was novel. Everyone had the time for it. Yeah, Some people well. benefited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some people benefited massively from it. And then they were like, well, we're not getting ill. No, no this is happening. So like, you're still in contact with people because let's be honest, most people were still meeting up in groups and mm. all the rest of it. So so. That was that was what it was. People were going to do it. The question is, was there not as much illness because people were at home more? They were making better foods. They were, you know, getting out and exercising. Yet the people that then suffered more, are they the ones that literally just stayed indoors, became more sedentary, didn't have any access to weights, external loads, didn't train, which then caused, you know, a degradation in their physical abilities. So we need to explore all of the all of the actual information and options to find out what is what with it. Cause you can look at mm. data, but data is just numbers. And without context, that data can be manipulated into whatever it wants to be, which the powers that be in the UK are very good at. They go, look at this, it's scary data. So what's the context behind that? Oh no, no, don't worry about context. Yeah. It's scary numbers. Yeah, like, no, con- no, let's have yeah, some context. Con- yeah, the context matters, but I think it's, it's it's fascinating it's not been a wider conversation beyond beyond covid about health because it's interesting because you you lecture on the future fit courses which i'm studying to, to be a level three personal trainer i've completed the level two and when we're always asked in those conversations is you know it's very open-ended like what is good it's always the, the, the sort of um, qualification is it depends in the context of, of the goals but you, do you feel that mm. there should be the, the people but maybe people do deep down share a general goal which is to feel well and to maybe live as yeah. long and healthy a life as as possible do you think that's a general goal and, and what do you feel are the are the pillars where they should start potentially in, in 2022 in regards to living the sort of healthy goal and those things as you rightly said people come up with all oh, well, it depends i'll always try and ask in what context and then base it off of objectivity it's like well okay well you've got to look at this i mean jordan peterson said it best is in life you you have to sacrifice something but your only reprieve is you get to choose your sacrifice and like, that's very very true and that made me think of the book will the boat uh, so will it make the boat go faster which is about the british olympic rowing team mm. if that's what they'd ask themselves okay you want to go out with your friends and do all this great will it make the boat go faster meaning will it help them with their overall goal to win a gold yeah 
And that's what I potentially then encourage people to think about is, right, what is most important to you? Why is that the case? Because if you can find out the deep emotional benefit to what and value that somebody will get from something, that's often what can then drive them forwards because then it will require being, well, I need to potentially give up this, this and this in the short term to gain all this benefit in the long term. And we're not taught to potentially think in that way because, again, instant gratification is lovely. Everyone likes it. Having to wait for stuff is <laughs> is tricky. I mean, yeah. as a general health goal for all people, again, for my personal bias, I'd love to say go walking every day. Wind, rain, shine, doesn't matter. Get out in the weather. But, oh, I don't want to get wet. I hate getting wet. I hate getting wet. Yet, <laughs> if you're out in various conditions, you're going to potentially have some sort of positive impact on your immune system because you'll be more robust. Mm. So I'm not you saying go out and like gale. Yeah, so don't go out and gale force winds, obviously, but try and get outside where sort of where possible. And then another recommendation, potentially do some kind of resistance-based training. It doesn't have to be lifting weights. It can be any form of resistance-based training, calisthenics, kettlebells, sandbag training, whatever, mm. two or three times a week with the end goal of being able to sustain at least basic human movements, squatting patterns, hinging patterns, pulling patterns. Again, if we're to then put arbitrary goals next to it, because that's the tricky part is you need something to aim for. Yeah, most of them will be arbitrary. I mean, like, like the chin-ups, for example, five chin-ups, yeah. and then maybe 20 press-ups, uh, perhaps 50 squats, and then be able to sprint down the road 50 to 100 meters without collapsing and dying, <laughs> and then be able to maybe jog a couple of miles completely fine. Pick up, So you, you then have to look and go, right, but from those, what benefit will they add to someone's life? Mm. If it's an yeah. elderly person, being able to do, say, 20 press-ups, arbitrary as that might be, can be a case of helping them get up and off the floor. Yes. Being able to do sort of the uh, even one pull-up, if they have a slip or, or somebody young has a slip, if they can then grab hold of something and pull themselves up off the floor, if they need to get to something like an emergency call or a phone or whatever, that can help them. So then it's looking at, right, how can we be a better human in regards yeah. to how humans ought to move? Because we're incredibly adaptive creatures. Uh, by and large so if your job is to be at a desk all day then your body will adapt to be as efficient as possible for working at a desk yeah that may not be conducive to health mm. Mm. and the yeah, question of what is what is health so i think, think the definition is the um, optimal interplay of organs and being illness or disease free you know okay that's a fairly good shout so essentially if the wheels aren't falling off the wagon you're doing good yeah yeah do you, do you think, is that how you approach it then in terms of holistic fitness? And I suppose sometimes with people who are health professionals, there's a pressure almost to, to, to come up with something revolutionary, but in terms of the, the mass population and improving health mm. population, which you and I have both got family in the, in the NHS, in the, in the trenches, so to speak. And actually, you know, ultimately the way you, we can help the NHS is use it less. And I think that's a sort of holistic mm. goal. The resistance training two or three times a week, could that be, you alluded to it there but body weight resistance training so like press-ups pull-ups if people can't go to the gym or haven't got space for for heavy weights mm -hmm. and could um and where does cardio fit in because that's the sort of 
I suppose a cultural cliche is we always we always did. I know you've written about this on your your blog at Ross Mitchell PT on WordPress, which is it was a really interesting blog actually for both people looking to get fit and for fitness professionals. But it's 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 that that, that sort of emphasis on on cardio. Maybe it is just more the emphasis on on moving and then with a mm. bit of resistance training because I suppose it boils down to to time, does it, Ross? Yeah, time is a massive factor for a lot of people because especially in this day and age, we are very I suppose you could say time poor in in some sort of areas with it. And again, this comes back to what you said earlier on, Ed, about planning. Mm. I mean, as an example, if I have to walk somewhere to do some training or walk somewhere to go and get something, it's like, right, how far is the walk? Okay, it's half an hour, right? I could walk there half an hour, pick it up, walk back. That's an hour. What do I have to do in that time? If Mm. I've got pressing things to do, it's like, okay, can I do that while I'm walking? Can I write articles or notes on my phone? Could I listen to a podcast or whatever it is on my phone? Can I make the time productive? Because it's no different than general travel in a car. So you could mm. say, right, well, if I drive that, it's you know a 10-minute drive with traffic, get out the car, get it, and then 10-minute drive back. So it might take half an hour. So yes, maybe double the time to walk there and back. Yet in driving, the most I can do is listen to something. If I'm walking, provided, you know, keep my eyes fairly aware of what's going on around me, I can still write things. I can still be productive in that way. I mean, alternatively, if you're in the car, you might do client calls if, and a client aftercare and that kind of stuff as a trainer. So there's lots of things you can do and make your time productive. And I think this is where a lot of people will sometimes fall down is they don't look at the best use of their time. Like a great example, I was talking to somebody about this recently. They were like, oh, I want to do some extra cardio, but I'm not sure how to do it. So you've got kettlebells, haven't you? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, right. How long does it take you to cook dinner? Well, about 40 minutes. Brilliant. So in between everything you're doing, chopping up a vegetable, do 15 kettlebell swings. <laughs> you drop another vegetable, do 15 swings. You marinate your chicken, 15 swings. And just keep doing that while you're cooking dinner. Yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing stopping them doing that. It's pretty safe, you know, it's, it's easy to apply. First thing, oh, well, I don't know if I can do that. So, well, then what you're saying is you're just trying to say the right thing to get me to tell you, oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to, to, to make the excuse and to fail. To look at your phone in between rather than yeah. doing that, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's the point. Is I, I, ideally, like, most fitness specials want better for people. The problem is people don't want to get out of their own way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. say it's like, oh, they're, they're, scared of, they're scared of failure. No, people are scared of success, right? Failure is very easy. It's very easy to fail. We live in a world where if you fail, People are like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's not your fault you failed. If you succeed, people are like, well, it was only because you had this opportunity or you had this genetic gift or you had that or you just got lucky. It's like success is looked at far more critically and harshly than failure is, which is why people, I personally feel, do struggle with success because they then have imposter syndrome Mm. because they they expect people to come after them. Because once you are successful, you paint a target on your back. Yeah. And that's why like, the hard element of it. But if you wish to train every day, if you've got 15 or 20 minutes a day, you could train every day from a health perspective. Some days would be resistance-based training, maybe calisthenics, kettlebells, uh, or barbell if you have it at home, or just going out and climbing. Another day might be you go for a really brisk walk. Mm. Uh, a day after that, you might do some skipping. Um, if you're, say, at home, say we get another lockdown you might be doing really high knees on spot in an interval fashion there's lots of things that can be done on a daily basis then that goes away from being training for a specific goal in regards to performance to just general exercise and general training which is 
totally cool. There's a concept called grease the group or greasing the group. Um, I first stumbled across that with like reading a lot of Russian information and that of Pavel Satsulin. And that's essentially throughout the day, he sort of references it to things like pull-ups, uh, pistol squats, which is a single leg squat, and uh, single arm press-ups, things of that nature. Wow. Just on the hour, do like a couple of reps of a couple of reps of maybe everything or a couple of reps of pistols. Yeah. So it's volume, it's, volume, it's volume of output throughout the day or week or however you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, ex exactly that. Because then it keeps the body moving. And people say, well, what results will I get from that? So, well, it's not meant to give you specific results it's meant to give you general health and fitness mm. if you want something specific you need to train for it I mean, let's be honest nobody ever looked like a bodybuilder accidentally <laughs> they had to train for it specifically no one ever threw the javelin 60 70 80 meters 90 meters or whatever yeah by accident they they have to sort of work for it in practice for the most part you might get somebody who just grabs one and throws it 90 meters you know what where did that come from yeah, yeah. But typically, yeah, people right. have to train for those things specifically. And what happens in with most average people is they will look at that and only see the end result. And when they don't get that end result quickly, they then equate, well, this is how much time I need to get there. It's like, yes, but you're not going to get there because that's Why not you what you really, yeah, it's not what you want. Mm. So what do you want? And people don't know what they want. That's why they almost vicariously live through other people. They try and live for other people's goals, which is where they can potentially be very unfulfilled with it. I mean, I've written a few sort of articles in the past um, around sort of 15 minutes, three times a day of training. Yeah. So that's a 45 minute session. That's not hard to find. What would that, what would that, that would be what resistance training for 15 minutes and three separate times? Or would it, it, it could be anything. It could be resistance, could be cardio, could be whatever. In the morning, you might wake up and do 15 minutes of skipping. That mm. might be what you really like doing 15 minutes of skipping in the morning while something's uh, boiling or cooking or whatever. 15 minutes of skipping. Mm. Just nice, easy skip. And then in the afternoon around lunchtime, let's say you're a delivery driver, you have your break. So you, you stop the van. You've got half an hour. You've perhaps got um, maybe a pair of dumbbells in the car. You grab those. You do a small dumbbell circuit. Brilliant. You go home in the evening, and that might be a combination of um, maybe skipping again with some bodyweight work. Mm. So you have a whole session. Just break it down over the day. It, again, funny, if you want, it's funny you mentioned sorry, skipping. Like, it's funny. Sorry to sorry to interrupt. It's funny you mentioned skipping, just right? because for me, I'm a terrible skipper, so it's exhausting. But as you know, it's, people get adapted to things. How important is that variety? Because we have a, a bias towards things that, that our body's good at, don't we? Whether it's sport or yeah. or exercise, how important is it to do something? Because actually, if you do something you're not accustomed to, like if it's like boxing, if you if you do a sort of shadow boxing yeah. and throw some punches, and you're not accustomed to it, it is exhausting. Whereas if you're a someone who's a keen boxer, it's it's actually quite easy. So how important is it to, to challenge ourselves with with variety? If overall fitness is is our goal, in all honesty you can change things as much as you like. It's just then remembering that the body still needs time to acclimate and adjust and, and actually adapt in a progressive way. If you change something all the time, the way to think about it is it's like saying, okay, I'm gonna to drive to London. So you start driving five miles towards London. You then decide to drive 10 miles towards Plymouth and then six miles towards Cardiff and then 20 miles back towards uh, the Isle of Wight. And then you start to, so the goal is London and you're doing lots of different things. You know, that's great, but it's not getting you towards the goal. No, but if, you're, if your goal <laughs> so is, is, then, being, 
if your goal is just having cardiovascular health, I was just wondering whether that might, in some ways, because you, you're, you're less accustomed to a certain movement, it might stress you more cardiovascularly than, than if you did the same thing every time. So if you're a great skipper, would skipping 10 minutes a day be as significant as someone who wasn't good at skipping, if you see what I mean? The thing is, if they're not good at skipping, they won't be able to accumulate the amount of volume or yeah. stimulation, sort of the stress that they need to adapt. And this is where a lot of people do go wrong with their cardio is, as you say, they get efficient at something and then they don't work hard enough at it. So they don't get any better. The same is true for people that constantly change things. They can't work hard enough at one thing to get better at it. Mm. So they sort of plateau fairly <clears throat> At a fairly low level. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. Is... true with running, isn't it? I think I do that with jogging. I think I get to a level, and it's actually, mm. I, I, if I'm injured, I'm injured at the moment. If I get back to it, I will go back to that level. And actually, a four, mm. three or four mile run is probably quite standard. And in a way, I feel good about that because, you know, I'm, I'm 40 now, and actually, that was probably what I was doing at 21, 22. So I think, well, that's not bad. But, you know, you, your, your sense of like that homeostasis for your own capacity almost, you think, well, actually, I could push it a little bit. It's interesting you mentioned that. Well, that's as you've said there, you can still do what you did at 40 when you were 21. And people go, oh, it's great. It's amazing. And I'm like, that is great. But why aren't you better? Yes. That'd be my question. If you've been doing it for that long, why aren't you better? That's like somebody getting a job saying they get to uh, assistant trainee manager, whatever, mm. at 21. And then at 40, they're still assistant trainee manager. Mm. it's that maintenance versus progression debate isn't it and i almost think maintenance is better than yeah. atrophy but it's not as good as progression yeah. yeah ah now see there's that's a very good sort of point you bring up ed because at what point does maintenance actually become atrophy because your body it doesn't really maintain in the way that people think you're either going you're either pro sort of progressing or regressing it doesn't just stay in one place mm. It goes up or down but maintaining homeostasis the body doesn't just sort of flatline it has days where it's a little bit better and then days where it's a little bit worse so it's constantly waving up and down and what people misinterpret is they want to maintain yet maintaining it's it doesn't really do much for you because you don't increase the minimal level you don't you don't raise the bar as it were so because of that people will do the same cardio the same routes and all those things and they're happy enough with them if that keeps them consistent allows them to make better food choices and better lifestyle choices great i'm all for that sometimes isn't it? i think it's men mentally people that i can yeah use, i use cardio for a mental reason i think often more than a physiological one yeah yeah and that's where as i said earlier on we then have to understand what it is people are actually after because from a physiological standpoint as a performance thing i'll look and go what's the point in that because there's no benefit to it mm. You're not actually getting any return on your investment. That just yeah. doesn't make sense. What, what, what do you prioritize, Ross, for, for yourself? Because you are busy with, with with coaching, with with lecturing, personal trainers, with mentoring. How do you balance your time? And you're, you're very big on productivity. You always text you and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm very productive at the moment. So that's clearly an emphasis for you. What do you do exercise-wise? Do you do a lot of steady-state cardio or do you avoid that? Because that's one of the recommendations, isn't it? The government always says 120, 150 minutes of, of sort of steady-state, slightly breathless cardio. Mm. Is that is that what you look at? Do you, do you run? Do you swim? No, most of my um, general cardio, if you will, is walking. Although, admittedly, as arrogant as this will sound, my average walking pace is quicker than most people's jogs. Is it? What, how many miles? And I know this because, it, because in lockdown, I was out walking and I'll just... <laughs> Poor person. I was walking up behind them and they turned around and went, 
Christ, I'm jogging. How are you still behind me? Yeah. And I felt really bad because I was just in a world of my own. Yeah. And I was like, oops. But their stride, again, their stride length was very, the stride length was yeah. very quick, was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone thinks of that pace. But in terms of specific cardio for me, I, I have nothing against running and those things, but I would much rather do a sport. So we're, at the moment, it's like lots of grappling-based stuff or MMA sparring, boxing, hitting the bags, those things. Because for me, that's produ that's productivity because I'm also gaining a skill out of it. Mm. I mean, my skill acquisition in terms of running, I'm not a runner, yet I still have the ability to run a consistent six-minute mile and I don't run. Really? What that's maintained yeah. through, even through grappling, that can actually translate to the, the running. From a cardiovascular standpoint, my general fitness through all the things I do is reasonably high. But also, as we've discussed before, I will still weight train two or three days a week, focusing on squats, deadlifts, pressing overhead, like chins, very basic movements. And that's all very general. Big movements. Yeah, big lifts. But it's all general fitness. Now, what may happen is somebody would say, okay, you can push yourself and run that six minute mile for, you know, two, three, four, five miles, maybe. But you can't do any more than that. So I agree, I can't why would I need to? Hmm. If somebody was to say, well, I'd like you to run this uh, this marathon. So, okay, then I may have to go and train for it specifically if I wish to get faster. And that's when it comes down to that general goal of yeah. what I'm looking to gain out of it. In regards to base levels of fitness, yeah, and that's, yeah, what's the trade-off going to be? I mean, for me, as a personal bias, being strong is useful. Hmm. Being strong is very useful because you can have the best cardio in the world, but that's not necessarily going to help you pick up something that's half your body weight if you need to carry it upstairs or to move the fridge on your own or to pull out the washing machine if the pipe happens to burst and the water goes yeah. everywhere, <laughs> which <laughs> I've had to do before. Oh, by me, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and have, people have kids as well. There's definitely a difference when, you, when you're when you doing a lot of compound lifting and actually you've got a, a little girl and I have to carry her around and she's seven. So she still wants to go on my shoulders, et cetera, et cetera. So actually being able to mm. lift her up and, and withstand that weight is significant. So if you're doing squats and, and deadlifts, that actually helps helps with that process yeah. for, for sure. But also there's a downside, isn't there, with, with, um, with steady state cardio, with impact of, you know, we know, I know so many yeah. people run marathons in their 30s and 40s or in their 50s are having knee replacements and things like that. So I think because they're running on concrete predominantly, so it's, it's not, it's not mm. ideal. And how do you, I and mean, I wondered how you balance that with, with the grappling, with the MMA sparring, particularly jujitsu, which I've never done, but I know that it's a lot of, um, a lot of tumbling, a lot of tugging on limbs and things like that. I wondered how you, how you look at that in terms of your holistic health, because I've got a similar debate with with football i just got, I've, I've been cropped for a couple of weeks i'm slowly getting better but that was a football injury mm. that i hadn't played for the first time in three months played five aside and ended up injuring myself in goal so that's <laughs> part of the the equation isn't it i suppose when we look at it but but those are the things we enjoy and we get again i get a sort of moving meditation from from playing five aside football so it's a it's a it's a tricky balance how do you look at that with the things that you do that potentially could lead to injury which would then stop you doing some of the other exercises you do that's essentially it is I'll look at it and sometimes you'll be locked in like a war of attrition and that's where trying to stay calm and just breathe can help because you think right yeah. is it really worth it <laughs> what am I going to gain from this or is it just my ego getting in the way and then you might win the movement or win the round in the gym and as you say you then you then hurt something and you can't train properly for like three weeks and you look at it and you go it's it's not worth it 
<laughs> it's just yeah. not worth the hassle. The same it's with hard lifting. to take a I beat mean, though, isn't it? When you're immersed in it, because that's why you want to be in it. You want to be immersed. And then it's yeah. Hard, hard and that's and that's the thing with it is competitive attitudes. I'm highly competitive. But yet there does come that point of you have to look at it sensibly and go, is it worth it? And more often than not, if you ask that question, it's usually a no. Mm, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Because you would, you'd, if you have to think about the answer, you're like, no, then it's there's doubt. So it, sometimes it's just it's just not worth the extra hassle. It's just being like, yep, okay, well done, you won, great, <laughs> yeah. and well, you move funny. on, you go yeah. and you go again. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. It's that, that's, yeah, it's the first. That's it. I got, yeah, I got injured in the final five minutes of a five aside, and I made a save, and we were winning six one or something, and it was the ball had rebounded off me and was coming out of the goalie area which then someone was going to have another shot so I was trying to scramble to get the ball and like afterwards I thought well that wasn't really that important was it the final couple of minutes yeah. of five aside with friends what was I what was I so intent on, on doing that and then I slipped and, and and kind of caught my caught my knee and went over over my ankle and stuff so it wasn't it wasn't ideal but it's mm -hmm. um, it's it, yeah like you say in retrospect what about nutrition because that'll be on on people's minds where do you think people start with with that what the the key things they should understand is it not eating processed food ross is it uh, is it focusing on good habits like maybe eating more vegetables legumes like chickpeas how do you rather than maybe demonizing certain foods and getting anxious about not eating them what, what's the key to mm. them? they sort of make those incremental adjustments to hopefully positive nutrition choices in 2022 say so that's a brilliant question ed and to be fair my attitude has very much changed over the years with with food uh, don't get me wrong I enjoy food but it, it's just food to me uh, and this is where it then led me down the route of trying to understand people's relationship with food and I think that's what people really need to address first is their relationship with food less so than what they're eating because yes in an ideal world my personal bias would be eat nutrient-dense foods mm. that doesn't mean you don't go and buy yourself something that's quick and easy if you're short on time that's totally you know do what you choose yet adjusting the relationship with food first and understanding okay why am i going for these foods how do they make me feel how do they impact me in sort of a long-term sense so yeah. you can then make better educated choices is always an optimal way to go for it then from there it's using common sense you know lean meats lots of vegetables drink clear water unless you know you're vegan or plant-based for whatever reasons you choose then again okay it's going right try and stay away from foods that are highly refined it's not to say that they will you'll eat one kilo over it's a case of well if you're going to do that that's mm. fine but what will be the potential trade-offs from that is it worth it mm. and for the most part people will start to go well, how many calories do i need to eat how many of this how many of that and that can easily be sort of adjusted with portion control because most people will overeat. They don't chew their food properly. They don't really hear the society signals sort of like letting kicking in and personal trainers when they're sort of writing out their meal plans and things like that. So oh, you've got to be careful not to overstep the mark on that because you're not allowed to prescribe specific foods and things for people to eat certain amounts. But I only give people examples and guidelines. Ross, you're just, break, you're just breaking up a little bit. with the person to have them come from within. Oh, well, you get your back. As I was saying, change for the most part of food has to come from within. Yeah. Back, good. 
And what's, what a, what, what's a good guy? Because we get we know about body dysmorphia, we know about obsessive traits in humans, and and I've had my fair sh- fair share. Is it is it just feeling your clothes in terms of when you're putting on weight, when you're losing it? Because you you said a really interesting thing um, on Instagram, I believe, about the accumulation of weight in the autumn, particularly in the UK and Northern Hemisphere countries, and then and then and the fact that we lose weight typically, and with those races, we never lose quite enough weight, so we're accumulating weight generally over the years. Mm. <sighs> Again, this will come down to, yeah, clothing sizes can, can be quite useful to see how people will uh, sort of feel in their clothes. And you can, you've always got the tape measure as well. You can take measurements so that it's being very careful not to obsess over it. Mm. And this is where people have to come to their own conclusions of how do they want to feel within their own body. If some people I know are happier being a little bit fuller shall we say strong not so much on the cardio but they're happy with that great then you've got others that want to be incredibly lean esoterically lean in fact and you're like okay great is it sustainable for you how is your health yeah if the answer is yes and good you're like brilliant you crack on if the answer is like oh, not really that sustainable i force myself to do it and you know i have a few nights here a few niggles there sleeps a bit off that's when you then have to start asking those bigger questions of, okay, well, how much of a benefit is this to you? And again, in regards to general health sort of guidelines, you've, you've got various medical references you can look for that, again, it's, it's a tricky one to answer purely because my own personal bias is try and be as lean as possible. We're not talking six packs and those things. Don't carry excess body fat if you don't need it. Mm-hmm. yeah and then that won't be a simple case of well, how much do i need to weigh it's like no no no. for you i want you as a person you yourself to be able to be comfortable in your own skin if that's cool then great we can look at improving health and improving performance and nutrition and then aesthetics will essentially take care of themselves you measure that through calipers or do you just do that with like feeling your your belly how do you how, how would you advise people to do that everyday people usually with um tape measures, body measurements, and those sorts of things. Again, trying to be careful not to have them over-obsess mm. about it specifically. Yeah, and women women carry more fat than men naturally, don't they, as well? That's an important point. Yeah, that's, um, that is typically sort of a, a case in the, in the sort of genetic sort of side of things. And again, the foods we and the environments we live in will influence how much fat we may store. And this is where, again, the trying to get away from it purely just being about body fat because I was very hung up on that for a very long time with mm. sort of the attitude I have. And yes, I do not feel excess body fat is healthy. However, there's more to it in regards to right. Is the person in the right mental space to well move be, forwards? Because yeah. if they're, yes, because if they're not, they're always going to bounce back and rebound and have problems. So it's like, right, let's get you in the right headspace now we can move forwards and that's when it then becomes far easier to to live that way in a permanent sort of basis as it were yeah and you want to feel you want to feel good like this we've kept you a long time but quickly um do you supplement ross do you advise supplementation i'm thinking vitamin d3 at the moment in particular as the look out the window we've got a couple of hours of gloom and it gets dark again <laughs> yeah i'll tell me about it um supplements i have nothing against supplements provided you know they've got a decent sort of um shall we say back of science behind them in terms of like what works the benefits they come from with it 
again, the more you can get from nutrient dense foods, yeah. the better. Yeah. If you need to supplement with a multivitamin, um, vitamin D3, K2, things of that nature, great, like, by all means. And then you just need to make sure it's a reputable company, like the sort of links that you have with the supplements, obviously, as you were saying about sort of your family and yeah. um, a bit with your dad, who's a doctor, and sort of the recommendations that they have. Is that those are the people I would then refer people to and go, right, ask this person. They've got a good general understanding of it, so they can probably guide you in a better way. I'm not adverse to supplements. It's just people don't want to become reliant on them which is i feel what happens yeah and looking at where your food where your food comes from and the, what type of food where it's grown and that seems to make a difference it's a lot of, a lot yeah of, um yeah if you're, if you're having a rough spell nutritionally with your food maybe it's good to supplement as well if you're on the road or something like that and you're unable to get organic or quality food it's a lot a lot to consider hey ross brilliant to speak with you um appreciate your time one final tip anything you think for 2022 that people should do take the stairs rather than the lift is that sort of big one isn't it <laughs> yeah if i had to give people three tips for 2022 the first one would be to actually write down a diary every day like a diary entry every day mm. in regards to how they're feeling the mental place they're in and just a little bit of general reflection because i think we're all very hard on ourselves in this modern day and age of we all need to be perfect and everything needs to be a certain way, but it's, it's okay. Just to take a bit of time for yourself. So sort of daily writing of a journal would be good. Mm-hmm. Second tip would be, as I mentioned earlier on, if possible, try and get outside and walk like every day. Yeah. How much time you can dedicate to walking. That's going to vary. So I couldn't put a specific time on it. Although I'd like to hear people doing at least half an hour, of walking a day if possible maybe an hour so half in the morning half in the evening or break it up throughout the day if you can and then the last potential tip that people may wish to uh, take on board when yeah. it comes to nutrition or people thinking oh i'm hungry ask yourself this are you legitimately hungry or are you just bored <laughs> or tired yeah if you're legitimately hungry yeah go for an apple go for a chicken drumstick go for butternut squash whatever because that is then people go well well i'm hungry but i'm hungry for a snickers well no you're not hungry you're bored (laughs) that you that's not typically hunger so those would be the sort of three tips people moving forwards in 2022 because hopefully everyone will have a a good productive year and their health will improve because in the end we have to start to think right how do i want to feel moving forwards what's the place i'm currently in what small behavioral changes what small daily habits can i tweak now that will have a long-term benefit in the uh, future uh, a really good book on that is called um is it atomic habits yeah. real good book to read okay yeah i've heard of that one so i suggest people uh, go and take a take a little look at that because it will change uh, <laughs> yeah. change a few perspectives as it were Hey, Ross, t- t- time is pressing. Appreciate it. We've, we've done nearly an hour but with technical glitches, but I really appreciate your time, your insight. And um, I'll speak to you again in, in 2022 and, and do send over the show notes as well, because we'll put some links for the listeners there as well for people to follow any, any kind of information, your own blogs or, or other, other bits, bits of material to help them. Thank you. No worries. As I say, I'll pop up a couple of articles for um, what you discussed today with some like cardio bits and pieces on there, some training tips. So hopefully people will find those useful. I'll send those to you and then people can do with them as they choose. And I look forward to speaking to you uh, again some point soon. Good man. Thank you. 
there we have it. I think, like Ross, you can probably feel a sort of palpable sense of frustration that the window of two years has kind of witnessed people notwithstanding catching COVID or vaccinations and, and things like that, but actually people have almost gone regressed in terms of, of health and there's not been a positive messaging about the proactive things we can do to increase our chances with all ailments, with all illnesses that afflict us and some of the fundamentals like movement, sleep, nutrition, whole foods, and maybe some resistance training, for example, Ross was talking about there. Just some fundamentals. Actually, on my po- on my um, Instagram page, not that it's the most riveting of uh, of watches or or reviews, but if you could check it out there, I've written a piece kind of collating a lot of my lessons from hosting this podcast, from studying sports science at university at Loughborough University in the UK, and studying fitness since, doing coaching, and just getting a holistic sense from my father as well as I say Dr. Mark Draper around some supplementation that you can take that he advocates as someone who studied micronutrition for a long time and has worked as a consultant as well to the company Cytoplan that's associated with the podcast. But if you uh, would like to read that, it's uh, Ed Draper 81, I believe. Yeah, Edward underscore Draper. Anyway, you'll find it if you Google sports broadcaster at Draper and Instagram. Um, Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you like it. If you could rate it on iTunes, spread the word, pass it on to a friend if it's useful for you. Apologize for the slight technical glitches in there with Ross. And uh, we had to squeeze him in as I had an internet outage last week. Just, uh, yeah, beset by technical issues, which isn't great if we are more housebound in the coming weeks, given the, uh, the rise of COVID cases in the UK. But thank you for, for listening to it. As I say, thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Check out BO underscore Cheltenham on social media and the Bang & Olufsen Cheltenham website. And as I say, as well, if you are looking to optimize your immunity, we're a uh, Big advocate, big fans of Cytoplan's food sup- food-based supplements, so they digest it as food would be. If you're looking to optimize your immunity, go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, and at checkout, it's a 30% discount upfront, 10% thereafter, with the code DRAPER10R. So my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals 1-0, and the capital letter Ah, oh, just spoken to them. I think they're getting busy, although they, they, there's a January sale coming up, so maybe they're not quite as busy as, as they will be. As uh, Although the, the pandemic situation may change that as people look to optimize immunity. Of course, I always stress that the fundamentals discussed in this conversation with Ross about sleep, nutrition, movement are the uh, pillars of, of good health and longevity. And check out that Lewis Howe's School of Greatness podcast because they had the, uh, the interview, he had the interview, um, with Walter Longo, I believe the name is, and check it out, a longevity expert. I've been studying it for 30 years, so worth worth taking in that too because I think, obviously, ha- longevity often tied, pegged to good health, isn't it, throughout our life, uh, the longer you live. You'd hope anyway, wouldn't you? Long life, unhealthy, is not one you'd w- wish for. But thank you for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it. Hope things are well. Hope you get to have a fantastic Christmas with your loved ones. And we'll have podcasts coming out in the, the new year as well, helping to get James Golden back on who's been isolating as well with COVID, thankfully very well. A friend of mine, fitness professional, about habit change in the new year, adopting positive habits, how we go about it, where we start. Thank you for listening, guys.